Hello, Substackers, my friends, uh, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, also friends beyond the binary, and furthermore, any AI robots uh, that may be listening right now because it's been made apparent that that is a possibility. I don't know if y'all saw, <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw, but this woman was on a flight and she ended up getting escorted off. Um, because she started like screaming at the top of her lungs. Well, maybe I won't say screaming at the top of her lungs, but she was definitely in hysterics um, about the fact that she was on a plane and she saw, she was like, this person isn't real. They're real and y'all are just going to fly with them. They're not real. And like, of course, everybody was laughing and calling this lady insane. But I will, let me put my skeptic hat on for a second. I can tell you this. Um, regardless, she wasn't, here's what I mean by she wasn't lying. I could tell by this woman's body language, by the way she said things, and by the very real tears that she 100% believed what she was saying was true. Does that make sense? I think that you can, I think that you can say a not true thing without it being a lie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would never call someone a liar if they said something they believed. I would just be like, they're wrong. They're not lying because to me, the act of lying is intentionally saying something false. And, you know, it, it might could be said that, uh, yeah, this woman is like maybe a gone too far down the rabbit hole conspiracy loon, but she certainly looked like a normal woman to me. And uh, I was going down a Reddit thread of people talking about this, actually, and someone was positing. They're like, dude, she absolutely very well may have seen an AI robot and she recognized it and nobody else did and because they're like because I don't believe for a second that the AI robots that they're showing us is as good as they are and and then somebody was like yeah because like you know it, it's uh it, there's a theory that all the technology that the government shows you they have in the military they're actually 10 years further along than that it's just that they slowly leak it one at a time so that the people don't get like too upset about how crazy the shit is. So, you know, I, I don't know, dude. AI's getting pretty insane. Like, we're only hearing about, like, the chat GPT version of it. But, like, several years ago, I remember seeing these... I want to say... It, it might sound racist just to say these Chinese robots, but I'm pretty sure that they were from China. Uh, and I remember thinking, God damn, those are very realistic, and that's scary. And that was several years ago. So, like, dude, I have no idea. I have no doubt that that shit is getting wild. And, um, you know, what's crazy is about how technology advances, we only, get to, we only get to experience the benefit of it for, like, two seconds before we only experience the negative impact of it. You know what I mean? Like, like with the advancements in anything, like, like Airbnb, remember how fucking cool that was for, like, a month and then now it's just corporate overlords. It, like it used to, when it first started out, it was just like, oh my God, for $60 a night, I can stay at this very sweet lady's house and it's cheaper than the hotel and it's right there by the thing I need to do. And now it's exactly the same price as the hotel, sometimes even more. And it's like, well, at least in hotels, you get your room cleaned every day and there's service. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So like we're, we're right now getting to experience the nice part of AI where it's like, oh, 
I need this reworded because I'm stupid. Oh, here you go. Or, hey, I need to ask you a detailed question about this thing for my research purposes. Okay, here you go. And, you know, eventually it's going to take every single goddamn job. And, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? This is not what I wanted to talk about today. That just came out of my mouth for some stupid reason. Uh, before I get to what I want to talk to talk about today, uh, which is uh, sugary treats, <laughs> desserts, and whatnot, specifically some of the ones that I had for July 4th, I would like to give a shout out to Sarah Wofford, one of our substackers who they themselves have their own substack, as I've pointed out before, Wofford Writes, which I think that you should uh, 100% subscribe to. It's cool sci-fi, personal stuff, really great stuff. Uh, also a friend of mine who I've known for I, I don't know, Sarah, you'll have to correct me here, but I want to say seven years. Uh, we very much met uh, from them coming to shows, and uh, it's just one of those, you know, nice little things that's like, oh, oh, it's not just a fan-comedian relationship now. We are friends. You are cool. I look forward to seeing you every time, whether it be Arkansas or wherever they are traveling to see us. And it's nice. But I wanted to thank them because uh, because of the question you asked, Sarah, which was my best writing advice, that actually made me um, get very introspective with myself. And it made me realize how bad we as a species are and I as a person am at following their own advice. Like, that's a critique I've given so many people before. Like, I'll hear people giving advice, and I'm like, I know you personally. You don't even follow that shit. And I had to realize it about myself that, like, so many of the things that I said, which I do believe, and I have at one point tried to apply to myself, um, I was not applying to myself in the moment. Specifically, the advice of don't be afraid to fail or don't, don't be scared of looking embarrassed or whatever and just going for it. And as I was, like, even as I was saying that, there was, my brain was, I don't know if this how this works for y'all, but when I'm talking, there and this could be ADD. Hell, I'm doing it now. When I'm talking, there's another me, like a clone of me, that sits on the left side of my brain. I can almost see him, and he's up there at a desk working on some totally different stuff <laughs> this like this happens when i'm on stage a lot which i think every comedian will tell you this happens like especially if you've done an act for a while or like you're comfortable with your act but you'll be on, i'll be on stage and like what i what is coming out of my mouth is not what's on my mind i'll be saying joke number one but my brain is like live editing joke number four do you know what i mean like i'll, I'll you know like let's say hypothetically I'm in my first joke, but I will realize like, oh, my opener, I actually did a bunch more improv up top than I normally do. That lasted three minutes, which means I'm going to have to shave off this part of this joke later so that I don't go over my time. And I'm thinking all of that and doing the live edits while I'm talking to you. So while I was answering that question, the part of that part of me in my brain was going, dude, you you've been not doing this lately. Like, you have 100% been scared to fail. Like, I, I, I just realized it about myself. And, like, I, I think I know what to attribute it to. Um, like, I haven't... I've been... 
I have I, I kind of sat some of my characters aside, and there was a million different reasons that I gave, all of them with some grain of truth. Um, but I think if I'm being honest with myself, there's a part of me that got a little scared to fail. Like, I, I, I have always been this person who puts a lot of different stuff out, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says as long as I think it's funny, it's great. And I think there's a part of me that cultivated an audience and was so happy to have that audience that I started going, okay, um, don't do anything to run them off. You know what I mean? Which, instead of me taking as, okay, so only do the stuff that works, I, I, I somehow took it as like, okay, just, just kind of lay low for a minute. You know what I mean? Now, granted, I've been working on a book, and I have had creative overload like a son of a bitch. But I truly believe that I just stopped taking my own advice. So uh, I wanted to thank you, Sarah, for sort of putting that back on my radar. And, uh, and you know, there, I, I'm an open book. Everybody here knows that I'm an open book. Uh, some of you have claimed that that's the reason that you even follow me. And that's really cool. I, that, I can't believe that. But some people are like, hey, man, you just like, you know, you don't have a filter. You just say what's on your heart, what's on your mind. You're an open book. And that is true, but there are some things uh, that I, I leave out from time to time. And even though I'm open with my mental health, I did not really talk about, uh, I haven't really talked about how for the last couple of months, uh, I sort of, you know, fell back into depression. I had to have, I, have, I didn't at all talk about uh, the change to my medicine <clears throat> that I went through. I mean, it was a dosing thing. But still, I didn't realize how much that, that that's it's a very serious thing. Like, I was super lucky to, like, when I, two years ago, when I first went to therapy and got medication, I just, we lucked out, and the, the first dose of shit that they put me on, like, really worked, and they were like, man, that's awesome. Like, you know, a lot of people don't get that, and I was like, yeah, I'm a fucking lucky dude. I always have been. <laughs> so it makes sense that we got it the first go-around, um, but then since I've had a life change, I've had a baby, more responsibilities, uh, different things in my career, and I, you know, it's like I needed to change because things were now. I, what I was doing at the time was good for the routine I had, and then that routine got broken. Um, but but I, I and I and I wasn't like I wasn't talking about that at all. I was very much trying to mask that because um, I was just like you know this is my shit. I don't want to you know bum anybody out with any of that shit but I was definitely going through that and I also realized too <laughs> this all goes back to Sarah um I had been drinking way more <laughs> than I even thought I had been like I was completely sober there for a, a long while uh well I'll say a long while I would be completely sober for definite big months at a time and then I would like I would break my sobriety by way of literally just drinking one day, having fun with my wife, and then I'd go back to sober again. And uh, I was doing that because I being I don't have a like a chemical problem with alcohol. What it is is that alcohol, the way it affects my depression, it's just something that I don't really need to do. You know, I just don't need to do it. And I had failed to remember that almost every interview I had given over the past two or three years, if someone said, hey, why do you think you found so much success over the pandemic? One of my top answers was always, I got sober. <laughs> and I was more, I'm more productive. I'm less depressed. 
And I guess I just got comfortable and was like, all right, fuck it, I'm a drink now. Like I was celebrating the uh, the book release or celebrating the fact that we were done with the book or whatever the fuck. And I didn't realize how, uh, and I wasn't getting hammered, you know, all the time or nothing. It's just a little bit here and there. Like, oh, have a couple for the podcast, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I just completely took for granted how much that affects my mental health. And uh, now that I'm a couple... Uh, days removed from the last alcohol that I had I'm starting to feel that I'm starting to feel that passion come back and that energy come back and that like you just feel like a fucking superhero dude you know if you if you go a long while where you're drinking a lot and then you stop after a couple days you're just like oh my god is this what a person feels like I can fucking do anything and I'm getting back there uh and again I know it sounds crazy but a lot of it I genuinely attribute to Sarah Wofford make, holding a mirror up to my goddamn face. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Okay, now that the bummer's over, Jesus Christ, I've been talking for 15 minutes and hadn't even got to the thing I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about the 4th of July. Number one, as always, tell me in the comments if you had a good day, if you had a wonderful 4th. And look, I know there's some people, and I, I hear you, I'm morally on your side, who are going to be like, I don't celebrate the goddamn fourth because of the state this country is in and blah, blah, blah. Look, I hear you. I totally hear you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, look, the 4th of July to me is an excuse to get the family together and everybody has a good time. Because I'll be honest with you, I hung out with my family yesterday, my extended family too, like a whole bunch of people where normally politics would get brought up, especially on a July 4th when it's like fucking, you know, it's like everyone's got an IV drip of pure America uh, in their veins. Uh, but it didn't, it didn't happen. I can't believe it. Like, we just had a good time. Everybody but me drank beer, <laughs> ate hot dogs, and it was just fun. And, uh, and yeah, man, like, there's some things that I just kind of hand wave. Whether it, I, I don't support a whitewashing of history by any means. However, I will definitely swim in it when it's convenient to me. Like, um, I don't know, man. Like, the fourth is just like, some. there's sometimes, I used to have a bit about this. I can't remember what the bit is, but the premise was basically that, like, seeing the American flag now is much different to me than when I saw it as a kid. Like, when I saw it as a kid, I would just be like, woo, America, you know, that's a badass Jeep, buddy, hell yeah, wave it proud. And now, when I see it, I'm like, where were you on January 6th? Again, that wasn't the bit, but that's the sentiment, that's how I feel. Um, but it is cool for one day to just let all that go and just be enveloped by it, <laughs> you know? Like, I fucking love the 4th of July hot dog eating contest, and nothing could be grosser and more of a display of what is wrong with America than the goddamn Nathan's hot dog eating contest. But I'm here to tell you that I don't give a fuck because <laughs> I enjoy it. And there's just not like, you gotta, you gotta take every moment that you can that brings you joy. And sometimes you just gotta be like, look, man, I don't care where it comes from. <laughs> you know what I mean? I talked the other day um, and I got some lovely comments on this and I really appreciate y'all about how uh, because of my mental health issues, like I sometimes have to ignore the bad stuff and just focus on the good stuff, even though it really, um, I really struggle with it internally because I have so much privilege to be able to do so. Like there's certain people that absolutely cannot say, I'm only gonna focus on the good things. 
you know, because like that some of the shit that's going on right now directly affects their life and their well-being and their entire gender or sex or, you know, whatever, um, orientation, whatever. And it's a huge sign of my privilege that I'm, I can even just say I'm going to shut it all off. But I can, <laughs> you know, I can. And sometimes for my health, for my brain, I have to because, man, when I go too far down that rabbit hole, sometimes uh, I end up getting fucking super depressed to where I can't even hardly function sometimes. And, like, I got a baby to raise, so I need to be... And if it, if me raising the baby means I need to be happy, which means that I need to shut it down every now and then, uh, I'm going to do it. And, and And a lot of people were basically saying that to me in the comments about, like, they have the same experience. And I was really happy for y'all to say that to me uh to sort of give me the permission and saying hey man sometimes you do got to shut it down sometimes we need to be happy but that i digress the fourth of july hot dog eating contest was awesome if you follow it I, even if you don't follow it you probably know the name joey chestnut because he is the now 16 time in a row champion he took the mantle from kobayashi 16 years ago and I had got some really good insider intel on the fact that this feller, I believe the name of, was it Josh Myers or Josh Mares or something? Can't remember. I bet on him. I bet $50 on this son of a bitch because <laughs> bet MGM was giving him plus 3000 which meant my $50 bet would have turned into $1,500. And I had a lot of intel from people going, this is this guy's year. He's been training like crazy. Listen eventually somebody's got to take Joey Chestnut's mantle from him. And I was like, okay, bet. Now, here's the thing. Did I pretty much assume that Joey Chestnut was going to win? Of course I did. But it's stupid to bet on Joey Chestnut because he's getting negative 4,000 odds against him, which means that you bet 100 you win $102. It's not even worth it, right? So I had to throw it on somebody yeah, should I have just bet $5 because I still want 150 Of course. Of course. But as Norm MacDonald said, sometimes you got to bet enough to where it at least hurts a little. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where, like, you, like, you have to bet an amount to where, not that it'll break you completely, but to where, like, it does suck to lose it. And $50 definitely sucks to lose. Five, I mean, it's not like you want to lose five, but I can live with that shit. But I don't gamble a lot. Like I, The only time I gamble is during football, and I also have a system where I put a certain amount of money in at the beginning of the year, and once I've lost all that money, I do not deposit anymore. And that has worked well for me for however long I've been sports gambling, which has only been a couple years. And that's the same way in Vegas. Um, some people are not able to limit themselves like that. Those are called gambling addicts. They need help if you are one of them. There is a number that you can call. I don't have it offhand, but it's readily available on the internet. Uh, but luckily, I'm not like that. So this is like the only time I've bet that wasn't during football season, basically. And it was literally just because I was like, sometimes you bet on a thing just to make the event better. Do you know what I mean? It's not because you have like some great intel, like, oh, I know this is going to hit. I know this is going to win. Sometimes what it is is there's a Thursday night game and you don't really give a shit about either of the teams. So in order to make you give a shit about one of the teams, you put a little bit of money on it and all of a sudden that game feels like the Super Bowl to you. 
Well, of course, I was super stoked even more about the hot dog eating contest because I had some skin in the game. Now, it became immediately clear that Joey Chestnut was not going to, Joey Chestnut was not going to lose anytime soon. I mean, he, dude, he won by like 15 or 20. And frankly, it's almost like you could tell he knew like, okay, I've got a huge lead. I don't have to punish myself as much because I think he came in at like 10 short of his record. And I think almost every year that I've been watching it, it feels like at least he's broken his own record every year. Like he just gets better and better. But I think it's still going to be several years before we see this dude getting taken down. It is absolutely unbelievable what he does. Now, y'all know, if you've been listening to me long enough, that as much as I enjoy the hot dog eating contest, I do think it's bullshit. I do think they should change it to, um, I don't think you should be able to dip the hot dogs in water. Now, here's the thing. They won't be able to eat as many, obviously, because that's a cheat code. But they'll, I want, they should have to eat true hot dogs. They should have to eat a goddamn hot dog with toppings on it. You know what I'm saying? Or at least not dipped in water. But I want to say with toppings on it. And everybody should have the same topping so it's a level playing field. And yes, they're going to go from eat, being able to eat 70 of them to maybe eating, I don't know, 25 or 30. But I think that at least then I could respect it more. Because it's like when they do it the way they do it, it's like they didn't eat 75 of my hot dogs the real way they were you know sloshing wet buns and shit down their gullet that don't count so i do wish they would change that it needs to be a regular hot dog you have to eat the bun and the weenie at the same time you know if you're gluten-free they'll get you a bun a different bun or they can get the keto buns for people of course at that time it's like i don't think you're very much worried about your health when you're can you imagine what the next day is like can you even conceive what the next day is like for someone who eats 75 hot dogs. You cannot imagine it. I mean, honestly, at that point, like, not to be gross, but you're praying for diarrhea. You're hoping that it's diarrhea because if it's something solid, oh, wee, son, call the ambulance. That ain't it. But that was fun, and after I watched it, what was great about my July 4th, y'all, I hope that you had a similar experience in that, like, it was one of the best 4th of July's ever, because actually, for the most part of the day, I was completely by myself. And by by myself, I mean with my special boy. Me and Bane got to spend the day together, because his mama said, she was talking about how, she's like, we're eating supper at your mama's at six o'clock and I was like okay and she goes but your sister is wanting to sit out by the pool all day and I said okay I said what do you want to do she goes I kind of want to sit by the pool all day and I said hey totally cool I see you at six and she was like oh okay and I said and before you say anything else just let me let you know baby I mean that I'll watch the baby and you can go have a good time she's like are you kidding I was like baby you know I love hanging out with this little son of a bitch and just yes you go have a good day i'll sit here at the house that way he don't have to be out in the sun that way you don't have to take care of a kid i can get some editing done we can watch our murder mystery stories we can watch the hot dog eating contest it'll be wonderful and that's what we did my sister got over there at lunch and i ended up actually lying i strolled over to my mama's house at seven and the reason i did is because it ain't never been one time that my mama and them said dinner will be on the table at six, that it was on the table any earlier than seven. 
So me and the buddy, I mean, we watched The Darkest Hour, tremendous performance by Gary Oldman. Of course, I mean, he won the Oscar for it. Great stuff. We got to hang out. He was in such a good mood. He just sat there grinning and smiling, and the only time he cried was to let me know that he needed a bottle. Um, not that I'm not worried about him, because he does need to poop every day, but he actually didn't shit one time, so that was, you know... Listen, I don't want him to be constipated, but if he's going to be, you know, hell yeah, be it on my watch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we had a great time. Went to my mom's house. Hung out with the friends and family. Fellowship. Nobody talked politics. It was all love. It was all fun. And I thought to myself, man, I'm not going to feel bad because I'm not going to drink. But I totally forgot about what a food hangover is because I be got one right now. And it wasn't just the hot dogs, which, yeah, I ate three. Okay, I ate three. But I just got through telling you that goddamn Joey Chestnut ate 75. All right, I ate, you know, like 0.5% of that shit. I'm fine. What really got me was the sweet treats. And that's what I want to talk about. Because I want y'all to fire off in the comments because I'm on a sweet tooth kick right now. And I know why. This happens every time I quit drinking. Every time, and me and Roy Wood Jr. talked about this years ago. Uh, I think it's probably when I first got sober, me and him were texting or something like that. And he said, uh, he said, you eat a lot of candy? And I said, motherfucker, yes, I am. Why is that? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I was going to warn you about it. That's uh, your body wants sugar because it's used to getting it from the alcohol. So like, you know, you're going to be wanting some. And I was like, oh, fuck, that makes sense. Why I'm like chugging chocolate milks and shit. And he's like, yeah, your body's trying to replace the sugar. So anyways, I'm on a bit of a sweet tooth and I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to reel it in. I promise I'm going to reel it in. But for right now, I'm just enjoying the fact that I'm sober. And, uh, and so my friend Haley, actually my sister-in-law, she brought some homemade Rice Krispie treats. And y'all, I don't know where you rank them, but they're about, I mean, if they're not one, they're 1A or 1B of my favorite sweet treats. I love a Rice Krispie treat so much. It reminds me of my grandmother. Um, I'm pretty sure also my generation was the first ones when we were kids to be able to get the ones you could buy at the store. I, I think, I think, because I remember when I was a kid up until like middle school, the only way that you could get a Rice Krispie treat is if some Meemaw baked a tray of Rice Krispie treats. And that was awesome, but that just didn't happen all the time. And then Rice Krispie themselves started marketing and mass producing Rice Krispie treats that you could buy single serve or in a pack, and buddy, the game fucking changed. Now, would I rather have someone's homemade Rice Krispie treat? I mean, yeah, if they're really good at making them, sure, but I've definitely had some people that can't make them as good as Rice Krispies themselves makes them. Of course, you'd rather have a really banging homemade one, but like, what happened? Oh, sorry, y'all. Sorry, y'all. I hit something on my phone, and uh, I thought I had stopped recording. Of course... You'd always rather have someone's really banging Rice Krispie treats. But, like, sometimes you just can't wait for them to make some. So the store-bought is totally fine. So those were banging. Haley also bought, uh, she made cake balls. All right? Y'all know what cake balls are or cake pops? It's like you take cake, but somehow it gets the most moist anything has ever been in your life. And I'm sorry, ladies, for just saying a word that I know y'all hate. I'm, I mean, obviously, I know that that all women don't hate the word moist, but I have found out in my years that it is 99.9% .9 of them. 
Like my mama, if you to say moist in front of my mama, even my mama, who it pains me that she knows moist in a disgusting context, she'll just be like, oh, God damn, just say wet or something. And then she's like, oh, no, don't say wet. <laughs> um, but the cake is super moist and you put the frosting over. That's amazing. I just fucking love sweet treats so much. And another point I'm making is like, you can have fun without alcohol. You just have to founder yourself on sweet treats. <laughs> and Lord, I'm on a sweet treat kick. I'll tell you an underrated candy bar that like, I would say some of my older listeners are definitely going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, you're preaching. I know what that is. But I think, like I, I was raised by my 96-year-old grandmother. Well, she wasn't 96 when I was born. She was 68 when I was born. But like, so which means, and I'm not, listen, I'm not saying that 68 makes you old as fuck. That's not what I'm saying. So y'all don't get on to me. But 68 is objectively an older person. I mean, it's past retirement age. So my point is my granny was old the whole time I fucking knew her. You know, that's not going to be the case for my mom and LJ because my mom is, you know, in her early 50s. I don't think LJ, well, LJ definitely considers her old now, but that's just she's a kid. When she looks back, she's not going to think of that. But my, because my granny helped raise me, I like a bunch of old shit. Like, uh, 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 oh my God, I'm, I'm fucking stuttering because I'm thinking about sugar too much. Butter pecan ice cream. Very old people thing. Also one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, whorehound candy. A lot of people think it's disgusting except for old people and me. Circus peanuts. Oh my God, I love them. Some people have that on their Mount Rushmore of like, this is the worst shit I've ever had. I la, 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 love them. Luden's cough drops. Huge fan because they're not really cough drops. They're candy. Okay. Um, but because of that, I, and I think this too is an old people thing. Um, a score bar or a Heath bar, one of the two. They're both uh, pretty much interchangeable for me because all it is is a piece of toffee with chocolate on it. And I don't know why toffee is an old people's thing and the youngins don't like it as much, but toffee is amazing. And I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know that it's some variant of caramel. Maybe it's caramel that's been burnt a little bit more. Y'all tell me in the comments, but I love toffee. Uh, on Oh, let's talk about old people candy. The number one of all time, which now that I'm saying this, I'm about to stop recording and go get some right now. I think that if you're making a list, a bracket, any type of tournament, you know, or if we're going to the Mount Rushmore of old people candy, I think the clear number one winner of all time, not even close, number one seed, it ain't going to be a Cinderella story from fucking nobody, is Werther's Original, Okay. Cream Savers is up there. Lifesaver Cream Savers, they are sure up there. Also up there is those strawberry candies that come in a strawberry wrapper that have strawberry goo in them. That's something you can only get at the bank. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's a law. You can only get them at the bank. Then, of course, cinnamon discs and them little zebra-colored peanut butter things. But I think number one is Werther's Original. And God damn it, I want some right now. But that's specifically an older person candy. And dude, Werther's Original ain't even tried once to market it any goddamn differently. They ain't. Like Pedialyte, which for years was exclusively, hey, this is for babies so they can hydrate. They, they ended up finding out the deal and they're like, okay, we need to market for hangovers. Werther's Original knew their goddamn audience from the jump and they ain't tried to go nowhere. And I love that. If you're one of my younger listeners and you've never heard of Werther's Original, if you love caramel, you're welcome for me introducing you to your favorite goddamn candy from now on. It's absolutely amazing. It tastes like my childhood and my old age simultaneously. It is like going back in time and forward in time at the same time. 
yeah, I'm about to go get some Weathers Original. This was a true rant. This was a true park rant. We were all over the place here. Uh, for my audio files, this is recorded on the headset mic from my iPhone, which is uh, why it doesn't sound as good as it normally does. I was going to tell you all that up front, and then my ADD got the best of me. I have like three or four different mics that I record these park rants on, and it really just depends on which car I'm driving or what mic is in there. I did just get a new one that I'm really excited about, and you'll hear about that next time. Uh, but this has been today's park rant, and uh, I'm Corey Ryan Forster, and I love y'all for being here. I love y'all for supporting me. Uh, if you're, hey, listen, if you've, uh, if you really want to support this and you're you're subscribing for free, um, but you're like, hey, I could give up one cup of coffee a month, and you want to bump up to the five dollars? Of course, I would love it if you did that. But remember, only do it if you can afford it because I don't want you to spend any extra money that you don't have, you know. I would rather you spend it on your kid or your wife first. But if you have some disposable, that'd be cool. Um, lots of cool things coming, especially now that Sarah has, Sarah did a number on me. Um, and also remember, if you want to just support the program on PayPal, you can do so one-time donation, buttercreamcory at gmail.com. But the most important thing, if you have any spare change, don't use it on a subscription for this. Use it to pre-order me and Trey Crowder's new book, Round Here and Over Yonder, A Hillbilly Travel Guide. It is available to pre-order now. And I, yes, I will have the link in the description here. But I love y'all, and uh, I'll talk to y'all later. I'm going to do a video later tonight and post it tomorrow. So be looking forward to that, and I'll talk to you later. Again, love you so much. Take care of your mental health, and thank y'all for helping me take care of mine. Okay? Love you.